And welcome to another episode of the SD4L show. I'm Justin Thin. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Sheehan. Matt, you excited to talk about some coaching search dialogue, which has not sure been am. done at all these last few months? No, not not whatsoever. But two episodes in two days. We are back yep. with a vengeance, and the haters are puking in a bucket right now, Justin. Yep. Like we, we, we are so back, they can't believe it. Let's go. We are... Oh. Hitting the ground running here. I'm excited to talk coaching search with you because, well, not too long ago, you dropped a nice little piece here. Give a little insight on what's about to be brewing up here in November in East Lansing. It's going to it's gonna start getting actually like serious here. I know mm-hmm. we've been waiting for this for a very long time. A lot of rumors, a lot of message board discussions, a lot of just conversations yep. with friends, a lot of despair, a lot of hope. But, hey, it's all going to come to a head here pretty soon. Maybe by Thanksgiving. Who's to say? But, uh, Justin, yeah. enough babbling from me. Tell the good people the good news here. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate the the professional setup there to, yeah, to like plug that? the yeah, piece yeah. that was written. Got to set um, the table. Right. Yeah, very well done. So yeah, wrote a piece on Wednesday that kind of filled in people on kind of where things were heading, things to look out for most importantly, so that people don't get worried about maybe some underwhelming names that get leaked. But um, essentially, yeah, some common sense stuff there, but stuff that I think people needed to know. And since I talked to somebody that is is very well in the know, I figure why not kind of go over some of those finer points. So, um, yeah, it was basically three bullet points in that article, and um, you can find that on on my Twitter. Um, essentially, number one, the most important is that Michigan State has their internal list of candidates. I do not know the full list. I know a couple of the people that are on there, and a lot of people can um, be assumed to be on there, but can't can't say that I have confirmation there as. Definitely secrecy is a number one priority here from Alan Haller and those that are running this. And um, But that internal candidate list is finalized. And as a result, they will be starting interviews here this upcoming week. Um, so Monday and on, no interviews, no formal interviews, no first round interviews have happened. No lengthy calls have happened. I almost want to say that no direct contact has been made with any coaches. I'm sure back channeling has been happening for a while now, but sure. this is basically the start of the direct contact period with these candidates here up here upcoming on Monday. And after that, you're going to start hearing some rumors and some reports that brings me to bullet point number two. And that is yes. Some of these candidates that you hear will actually be candidates for once. These rumors will actually be somewhat real because of the fact that now agents are going to be talking to your Bruce Feldman's and Pete Thamel's and Rittenberg's of the world. And they're going to say, Hey, our coach interviewed with Michigan state. And then you're going to see that pop up. One thing that I will say is tying back to what I just said about an, an extensive list of candidates. Um, well, actually I didn't just say that, but I said that in the piece. Um, sure. So backtracking a bit, this list will be long. I'm hearing it could be around 10 candidates. That is because Michigan State did a lot of due diligence and they've they've basically cast a wide net. So as a result of that, they want to talk to quite a few people. Not not most of them will 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 go ahead and advance to the second round. But so backtracking now again to bullet point two, since I'm all over the place, you're going to hear some names that are legit candidates, but they probably will not be round two candidates, and that is because of the extensive list. So that's one thing to keep in mind: is yes, real rumors will be starting. However, everyone's strength of candidacy varies. Bullet point three is the fact that in addition to there being some underwhelming guys that are considered and and named and rumored and reported, there's also going to be people that are even more underwhelming 
that are not even part of the process whose agents will be leaking it just so they can either get a higher approval bump and let's say they're struggling at an ACC school right now where they might be getting a little stale and they need some positive buzz of them being associated to a job that is better than they're currently at. Hmm. That might be that might be one method. Um, another one is to just maybe get a raise um, at, at a school where they're at. So yep. again, bullet point one, rumors will be starting because now there's going to be a search that actually commences in terms of an interview phase. Bullet point two, list is long. Not everyone's going to be a big candidate. Bullet point three, even some of those guys that will be reported may not actually be legit candidates because this is smokescreen season with agents looking to get leverage for their clients. So I will end my monologue there, Matt. What are your thoughts on kind of where we sit? You're going to be speaking again here because Justin, like, is it about time? You know, we're about five minutes yes. into the show. Do, do, do we give the people what they want to? Do, do we give them what they're here for? Yes. We start talking about one man named Urban Meyer. <laughs> You're no. telling me that there's nine other guys. If this list is going to be 10 candidates that are just as good as Urban Meyer. even No, but really, do you think that Urban is seriously in play here with your intel, with your knowledge, everything? Because look, I mean, th- this is the top prize for a lot of state fans. I'm in this camp as well. However, I kind of deviate offline with the majority of the Urban Meyer camp that you can still get a good hire, even if his name isn't Urban right. Meyer. I, again, he is he is at the top of the list for me. Okay, yeah. but there are other names out there. But let's just stick with Urban Meyer right now. Right? Is there a shot? Urban would also be at the top of my list. I don't think there's really anybody that can say that he football wise is probably not your best chance at success. Now, I kind of disagree with people on what that success looks like. I'm of the camp that I don't think Urban will ever win another national title again, no matter where okay. he goes. If you go to USC, I don't think he'll win it. I don't think he'll win it in the NIL era. I don't think he'll win it in the portal era where maybe he's not going to be able to rule with an iron fist as much. But um, I don't know. That's debatable. Someone could be free to disagree. Let's either find way, out. That'd be awesome if we could find that's out. That's exactly what I was going to say. Be, either cool. way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Either way, even me being somewhat skeptical skeptical of his level of success is saying I would rather find out than not find out. So to clear up any Twitter noise of me being against Urban, there that is absolutely not the case. I've right. said countless times on the Shawline VIP board that even though the Zach Smith scandal does rub me the wrong way compared to a lot of the other stuff out there, that one kind of does that. That one's ugly. Understandable. But, right. Yeah. Right. But, but for the most part, I'm not anti-urban and he would be at the top of my list. If I was, if I was in any sort of form of influence in the search with that said, just because I'm not coming over here and I'm telling you guys, third-hand information that I cannot confirm from first-hand sources just because I'm not doing that and I'm not giving you updates on a daily basis as if anyone related to Urban or the search is even giving anybody daily updates because that is not happening. Um, Just because I'm not doing that does not mean that I'm anti-Urban. And I will admit that I don't know every single thing that Urban Myers Camp is saying, but I will also say with as much um, certainty that Nobody knows daily updates on Urban Meyer. And if they're giving you daily updates, then I'm not believing them. Because you could have fluctuations over the course of a week, 10 days. Hey, this week we're maybe hearing Urban might be interested more so than he was last week. Um, We're hearing that, okay, 
Michigan State's donors are starting to influence Alan Haller, which I'm not even believing a lot of the noise about how much the donors are pushing. I know the money okay. would be there if, if they wanted Urban, but I don't yeah. believe this this sort of thing where Ishbia is just sitting there pushing for Urban, sitting there trying to drive this. If that was actually happening, I think there would have been a better chance that this happens. I don't think anyone's sitting there really trying to push this home like people are making it seem. So again, there could be shifting of tides over the course of weeks. And hey, who knows where it goes from, from here in the future. But right now, I don't think that it happens. I don't think that it would happen last week. I don't think it would happen two weeks ago. I don't think it would happen three weeks ago. And I, I don't like the notion of anybody giving updates on an hourly or daily basis because I don't believe that those exist at, an high, at a highly accurate level, at least not to the point where they should be given out at a, at a, at a big platform. Mm-hmm. Now, what I will say is that there is reason to believe it is not dead just because Michigan State won't come out and say that it's dead. And obviously, that does not mean that Alan Haller should get up there on a podium and just address the Urban Meyer situation. That'd be idiotic. But what can be done else? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But what can be done is Haller could be walking around Mun Ice Arena and find someone from the Lansing State Journal and say, hey, you know, ask me a couple of questions on the coaching search. First question most likely somebody would ask is, Alan, what do you make of all these Urban Meyer rumors? And Alan could say, "Um, great coach, Um, respect what he did at Ohio State and other places, but he's not really a candidate for this. I, I don't know where that's coming from at all. They haven't done that. They have not done that. Now, mm-hmm. everyone I've talked to that is a very high place source, people that I trust, people that are bulletproof, they've been very quick to tell me, where is this urban stuff coming from? There's no truth to it. I haven't even heard his name mentioned. But why is nobody saying that on the record? So that's the only reason that I have ever had any pause. I literally don't yeah. have any other reason to give this pause and say maybe urban's a thing other than the fact that why is nobody going on the record to deny this? Because you should. I don't think it helps Haller's case that half of the fan base or a portion of the fan base is getting excited about Urban if there's no shot that it's happening. And um, he has every reason to go ahead and shut it down. And the fact that he's not is kind of iffy to me. But that's it. Other than that suspicion of why it hasn't been shut down, there's no tangible reason to believe that it's going to get done. That is quite literally the only thing is it's not dead because it hasn't been declared dead. And it would make sense for it to be declared dead. So why isn't it declared dead? That is about the only sentiment I can say for why I'm not ready to dismiss it yet. But that's not strong enough to be saying that there should be hope placed in it. Yeah, no, I agree with all. It, it, it is not over until it's over, until it's over, until the fat lady sings and everything like that, until the next head coach is making his introductory press conference here, whether it be in Breslin Center, Spartan Stadium, wherever they're going to do it this time around. But yeah, I... I Look, I'd love to have my hopes up high. Like, hey, yeah, I wake up every day thinking like, oh, this could be the day where Bruce Feldman tweets it out that new Michigan State head coach Urban Meyer. But it's like, I, right now, my hopes aren't that high. But yeah, I still have like that sliver of hope, at least, because uh, what, what else gets you through life other than just sliver right. of hopes for your dreams coming true? Yeah. But um, there are other good candidates out there, Justin. Like, right. contrary to popular belief, I know that there is a subsect of Michigan State fans that don't want to hear that. That simply just don't believe right. it. That think that like, okay, some of these guys I'm about to name would be underwhelming hires. Right. And yeah, some are a little flashier than others, if right. you will. But just to kind of, you know, reiterate your point there, Spartans right. Illustrated, going to give them a plug, Spartans Illustrated. Yeah. They've maintained too that the Urban Meyer thing, 
mm, slim chance, guys. Let's start thinking of other candidates. And they, right. late last week, they published a list of four names. Again, just like you're saying, it's going to be a long list. These aren't the only four names of people right. they will be interviewing. But the four names they could confirm, Jake Dickert out of Washington State, Jonathan Smith out of Oregon State, Lance Leopold out of Kansas, and then one, Dave Clawson out of Wake Forest, which was mm. the one I was like, oh, okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, it never hurts to do a phone call, I guess. But of those four names, are there any that are close to Urban Meyer level? Or if not, who's like just the tier below Urban Meyer? Because again, I know that hey, there are some people that want to make it seem like these four names are just four clowns that are just wiping the makeup <laughs> off their face before they hop on the Zoom with Michigan State. But no, like... The, these guys are legitimate coaches. I mean, right. I, I have my eye on two of them specifically, but right. I never see here from you. Yeah, exactly. That's well said. And 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 one thing is is like what talking about Dickert first. This is exactly why the process of interviews doesn't happen until like the second week in November because uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take it doesn't take long to actually make the hire once the interviews start. Like. I don't know what the exact amount of days, but I'll say anywhere between nine and 14 days between round one interviews starting and round two interviews ending. You can okay. do more than one interview a day. If, if they become four, five, six hour interviews, maybe you do one a day, right? Takes mm -hmm. Monday through Friday. You get half your candidates uh, done in the first week. Maybe you don't go the full 10. You, you eat out, you do eight, you do it in a week and a half, right? Round two interviews is going to be two to three people. You do those right after that. About 10, 14 days, you've had your interviews first and second round. After that, you've chosen your candidate and you have about two, three days of negotiations. This should all take about 17 days or so once gotcha. you start interviews to when it ends. And there's no reason to start that two and a half week timetable earlier than now because you don't have enough data to do it before this. Because I was a big fan of Charles Huff. I still think he'd be good for someone like a Virginia or Virginia Tech. Michigan State at this point should not take a swing. Not this year. Yeah. Jake Dicker, you can't be losing five straight games. I think there's four or five straight games. I think he started four and oh and I was four and five. Um lost 44 to six to Jed Fish after a bye at home. That just can't be happening. Not great. Um, Right. Yeah. So that is exactly why the process should never have started before now and why no, not too many people have said that, oh, what's taking so long? I haven't really seen that. A couple of people have, but I'm, I'm glad that it took this long because it shouldn't have taken any yeah. less time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on Dickert. Um, Lance Leipold, the one coach over there that I was definitely able to confirm uh, from that list that also I was told would be a candidate here. Big fan of his. Um, I don't yeah. think anybody could undersell what he is. Well, some have tried, but I don't think you should be the level of success that he has had at, at Kansas. This might be taking a bridge too far, but having Kansas 16th in the college football playoff ranking is more impressive than winning a national title at Alabama. Like, I, you know I, what? I was just going to say the same thing. It, him being in the top 20 at Kansas is more impressive than anything Kirby right. Smart has done at Georgia. Anything. Right. Right. anything i don't even know yeah. if i'm doing a joke right now i'm actually no. maybe serious about that no. that is remarkable kansas had two seasons in the last 16 years you can fact check this with i tweeted this myself so they have had two seasons in the last 16 years where they won three games matt three games lance leipold 
has won six games three times. He has more six game seasons, six win seasons in his tenure at Kansas than they've had three win seasons in the last X amount of years. That is way longer than his tenure. This guy, what he has done at Kansas is unprecedented, uh, unheard of. And that's exactly what he did at Buffalo. At Buffalo, since like 1970, they had as many six plus one seasons as he had in three years. So these guys, um, a lot of these blue collar, hardworking guys, we'll talk about Jonathan Smith. Um, he had a little easier of, of a rebuild than Lightbulb, but not much easier. Um, right. Dickert had the easiest rebuild. That's why I was the quickest to get out on him, even before he lost all these games because Mike Leach and, and all that. But Jed Fish at Arizona, we can talk more about him. He took over a program that was winless, and now he has them sitting mm-hmm. at six and three. Their only regulation loss is to Washington by seven points. They have an OT loss to, to USC, an OT loss to Mississippi yeah. State. Kind of a bad loss there early in the season before they switched to Noah Fafita, who's a redshirt freshman quarterback nobody wanted, five foot ten. He has them as Clint Brewster had him as the tenth best quarterback in America um, this morning. Wow. So just working miracles over there at Arizona after taking over a winless program. Like these are the coaches you need if you're at Michigan State. And actually, scratch that. Forget at Michigan State. Even if you are hiring for whoever the seventh best program in America is right now, right? Whoever that is. Who are you hiring, Matt, that is going to be a home run guaranteed hire? Because someone wants to talk about Kalen DeBoer. I can I can give you a long list of, of reasons that Kalen DeBoer, sure. who <laughs> I would grade as an A minus B plus hire for Michigan State. Like, don't get me wrong, if, if Michigan State can get him, they they could get him. But he is far from a home run hire. He's a guy that has has never done anything as a head coach without inheriting a quarterback. Now, you could say he inherited his own former quarterback in Michael Penix, but Nick Sheridan recruited him to Indiana. He didn't even recruit him out of high school. He inherited Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, all these guys. He inherited them from from, uh, the previous wide receivers coach, Junior Adams. Um, That's his whole Washington core. Defense isn't very good. The Fresno State era that he had, the tenure that he had a couple years there, he inherited Jake Hayner. Um, he hasn't done anything without Ryan Grubb since 2007 at Sioux Falls. That's been his OC on and off here a couple of years. But as a head coach, he hasn't done anything without him. He can't recruit despite having the best product that I've seen offensively in college football this year. And it's at the same school that Jimmy Lake and Chris Peterson recruited better than. So I don't want to hear anything about, oh, it's hard to recruit at Washington. Granted, they don't have the NIL that some of these other schools do. But I don't know. I don't, I don't mean to get too deep into Kalen DeBoer. Like I said, I like him. If Michigan State hires him, probably an A- minus grade. My point is there's no such thing as a perfect candidate. So if you're throwing right. away these coaches and saying they're not good enough, and the best that you can do is give me a Kalen DeBoer that I can give you six cons for, there's no such thing as a dream candidate. So if you're even coaching the seventh best pro- or ADing the seventh best program in America, you're not going to find a home run candidate for that. Michigan State is in no position to be laughing at a Lance Leipold or a Jed Fish or one of these guys. And it's Correct. like I said, like, I have no problem with the crowd that wants urban. I have a problem with the crowd that frames it as urban or bust. Because first of all, when that doesn't happen, or I guess if in the strong possibility that it doesn't happen, then you're in the bust category. So might as well stop paying attention now. Second of all, that just implies that nobody else can is good enough to, to lead Michigan State to winning games. And if you believe that the only person that can win games for Michigan State is Urban Meyer and that the program is nothing without him, then just fold the program because there's only one Urban Meyer. And by that logic, nobody in America should be good if you don't have Urban Meyer, unless you're like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. That's so well said. I 
I, I can't sum it up any better than that. If you want to put a bow in the coaching talk with that, or if there's anything else that you want to head to, I mean, I could also talk about this more. I got everyone wants to hear about it. Yeah. Right back, I, so. I just, um, yeah. Jonathan Smith is the third name I want to mention there. And Jed fish is yeah, the fourth sure. name I want to mention there along with, uh, Leipold and, um, obviously Alco who's been at the top of my list the whole time. Um, yep. we've talked about Alco in the past. We've talked about Leipold a good amount, I think already, um, mm-hmm. Six national championships for for Leipold at University of Wisconsin Whitewater. I'm um, in addition to the two tenures I named at Buffalo and Kansas. But Jedfish um, already said what I needed to say about the Arizona tenure. We'll add that he had a top 25 class in his first year at Arizona. Also this year, um, decent class. Uh, had Elijah Rushing committed for a while. Five star defensive yeah. end before Oregon came in with about two and a half times the factor of money that that Arizona was able to give them. So that'll do it. Tried. That yeah. will do it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think, uh, and again, he, in the NFL, as I tweeted out, he, he coached under Bill Belichick, Sean McVay, Brian Billick, Mike Shanahan, um, Gus Bradley, I guess if, if that means anything, but um, he, he had just a great NFL tenure. It looks like he's here to stay in college. I've heard that he's interested in the Michigan State job. My colleague Corey Robinson has heard that he's interested in the Michigan State job. Um, we'll see. I think if you're looking for a guy that is both under 50, has shown the potential to recruit better than some of the other candidates on this list, actually is directly involved with quarterback development, I think he's a guy that I really like. Um, and, hey, for added added comedy, maybe he'll uh, bring his buddy Connor Stallions onto the staff at Michigan State and we'll have some fun. But, um, hey, there we go. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah, Jonathan Smith, um, you can even talk about him cause I know you've been high on him from the very beginning. Um, yeah. he, he's a guy that, uh, had a very slow buildup, but after he had those first three years, which every single year, the arrow was pointed up, um, again, ever since then, I think it's like six wins, nine wins. And then this season, um, something of that so, sort. Yeah. So the, the guy doesn't falter once he gets it going. And um, in those three down years in the beginning, there was no transfer portal. So right. that could be a reason why it wasn't a, a big rebuild. Now the question may be, had there been a transfer portal, would it have been any faster? Maybe, maybe not. DJ, uh, DJU that he has over there, he right. got him from the portal, utilizing him better than Clemson did. So at the end of the day, there's question marks with all of them. And I think uh, if they could get any of those four, they should be in good shape. Uh, financially speaking, I think Lightbulb has the biggest buyout at $6 million. Jonathan Smith's is three million, but Smith makes a lot more year uh, per year, and he's at his alma mater, so that'll be a hard pull. I got the conference instability, but he's going to need—they're right. uh, going to need him more than they've ever needed him. Um, yes. So he might feel some from from um, some pressure to stay there. Elko, no figures are released. I heard that it was rumored that they doubled his original salary um, that they hired him in at this past season after one nine games. Um, so if you wanted to estimate that he was making just under 3 million at Duke his first year, you're looking at just under 6 million right now. I don't know if that's accurate. That's secondhand information. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but yeah, likelihoods, we won't know. I think people are assuming a little too much that Lance Leipold would just run to Michigan State. I think Michigan State is far and away a better program than Kansas, but that's not what it's about. If Kansas right. can get his contract um, offer, which they are currently working on an extension. Um, I was uh, speaking to somebody that would know the national landscape well today. Um, he said that now that the bill self-contract is taken care of, Kansas is working actively on, on extending Lance Leipold. Um, let's say hypothetically speaking, Michigan State were to pay him seven million. If Kansas can get it up to five point eight or six point one, I don't know if he's inclined at age sixty to start a brand new rebuild, move across the right. country. His son is enrolled; at least one of his sons are enrolled as a sophomore or junior in Lawrence at a high school. Um, so yeah, I've done a lot of research on, on, uh, Lance yeah, and his family. This is, this is nice. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where you have a chance to do something so special at Kansas that has never been done before. They're going to pay you a, a good amount of money. You'd be a hero there forever. Yep. Is Michigan State a far better program? Yes. But at some point being, having the chance to do something unprecedented at a place that is, is starting to buy in, they're going to pay you what you deserve. That means something. And I've always thought that if I was a five-star recruit, I wouldn't go to a Duke. I wouldn't go to a Kansas. I wouldn't go to a Kentucky. I'd want to go and do something like where I build a name for myself at a new school. This is kind of similar logic of what Lance Leipold has a chance to do here at Kansas. Again, I don't mean to sound like there's no shot. There's there's a high shot. I'm sure that he's interested in hearing Michigan State out, regardless of what he said today about retiring at Kansas. But um, I think people are assuming too quickly that that'd just be an easy pull if you throw throw a million or two on top of his current offer. Right. No, I mean, you said it just, God, you're, you're on fire this episode. Man. I got nothing <laughs> to say because right. There is something to just being at a place that really had no expectations. And here you are just building something magical. Right. And we'll just add to the fact that you are at the twilight of your career at the age of 60. Like why? Yeah. Why would I want to go start this new life and rebuild another program? Like this is hard work. I've already done it at right. two places. I might as well, you know, finish this out and see all the fruits come to my way. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, see it out. I mean, into retirement. It's right. fine. Yeah. Look, look, if it does happen that like he stays at Kansas and turns on Michigan State football, like will, will the optics be bad? I guess like on paper, yeah, but look, just like for everything we said, right. You you get why a guy would want to stick around there if it's like going to be a matter of just a million dollars a year, which that's just funny right. to say, just a million dollars <laughs> a year. You know, as if yeah. I'm raking in money over here, but like still, like it, yeah, it, it might not just mean that much to to Lance here to go from yeah. 6 million to 7 million if that's right. really how high Michigan State would go. So, yeah. Right. Very well said. Very well said. And and it might mean even less to somebody that's sixty than someone that's forty two or forty five. Where of course he doesn't. He's not going to make every decision based on money, and he knows he has enough for retirement and and of all course. that. So I think yeah, um, yeah those, like those four candidates um, said what I needed to say about the urban discourse. Like I said, 
if they hired him somehow and, and things drastically change from now, I'd be as right. big of a proponent as anybody. I've never awesome. I've never said otherwise in terms of my opinion of the hire. The discourse is just so tiring. And and, and what's gonna happen is after <sighs> the new coach is hired, if if they get a Lance Lightbold who everyone should be thrilled of, like there's going to be a portion of this fan base that is going to be divided and they're going to be like any coach that's not urban Meyer is not good enough. And it's just like after there was the divide when um, coach D retired and some people didn't want to give Tucker a fair chance because they didn't want to keep hearing people saying, Oh, Tucker has a, has a steep hill to climb because D'Antonio left the cupboard bare. And there was that yeah. divide for a while. Now there's going to be this completely unnecessary unneeded divide of oh michigan state should have hired urban no matter who gets this job and i don't know that doesn't sit right with me but i guess nobody nobody made me the the, the police of of what discourse should be going on with the with the coaching search but i guess i got a microphone in front of me so i'm gonna say say yeah, what was it on is what mind. it is yeah look th- th- this has been dragged out forever people are very impatient i mean we yeah. are passionate about michigan state football so yeah everyone wants what's absolute best and yeah, some people think that Urban Meyer is not just what's best, but the only option <laughs> that could possibly drag Michigan State out of three and nine despair. Like, uh, there, there are other talented individuals out there in Michigan yeah. State. We'll be talking to many of them. Yeah. It's going to be cool. One will say yes, most likely. So, yeah, <laughs> like, we'll see. Somebody will do it. Somebody will step up. Some will do it. Yeah. But um, speaking right. of dragging out of three win despair, Matt, uh, Michigan State goes ahead to Columbus and hopes to pick up their fourth win um, in uh, in the shoe at night, seven 7.30, I believe, p.m. I don't know. Yes. Whatever the game's on, we'll yeah. be watching. That much I know. Oh, um, I at least I would be. I don't, I don't know about you. But um, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, of course I'm gonna watch. Yeah, I'm gonna watch these guys play the Chiefs if it was an 0 12 season. Like, I, yeah, I'm watching the boys in green and white through thick and thin, baby. You think yeah. I'm some stable individual over here that has like better things to do on a Saturday? No, yeah, I'm gonna watch no. Michigan State. Come on, so Matt, if Michigan State wins this game, no, huh. I'm just kidding. I um. You know, I'm doing I, I, crime on Saturday, Justin, <laughs> and Sunday I'll be doing more crime. I, yeah, oh, I, oh, you will never hear from me ever again if they went on Saturday. <laughs> I had, I had a, I had a very crazy take that I was thinking about. Go on, <laughs> you found the right place. <laughs> if, if this game was taking place, the exact same circumstances. Um, in terms of Ohio State looking looking very bad in a lot of facets of most games that they play, you you keep in this simulation that I'm going to lay out. You keep the fact that Ohio State was just losing at halftime nine to seven to a Rutgers team that had zero passing yards, zero Matt, not eighteen, not forty seven, not one hundred and two. <laughs> right. Literally, Gavin Wimsat threw for the same amount of passing yards last week as I did sitting on the beach in Cancun. <laughs> And Rutgers a had a go. nine nice. to seven. No, I was on Twitter the whole time, so it's really it just speaks to my my sickness. But anyway, um, if that is the case, and we take into account how bad Rutgers has looked in that scenario, how much they struggled against Maryland, how much they've struggled even in that Penn State game, they didn't look like the Ohio State teams that usually do. It was Marvin right. Harrison pinned the team on his back. <laughs> that was an um, ugly game. Yeah, there was another common opponent that I'm missing here. I feel like, but. Rutgers and Maryland, Michigan State played both of those teams better than Ohio State did in portions of that game. If Michigan State, this now this is the take. If Michigan mm-hmm. State had one of those coaching candidates, you can you can take your pick of who it is. 
if they had one of those guys that truly have creative offensive concepts, if you take someone like a Lance Leipold that you see what he's doing, not just with Jalen Daniels, what he's doing with backup quarterback Jason Bean and beating undefeated Oklahoma with real creative concepts, horizontal RPOs mixed with vertical attacks and crossing routes and balanced spread option run games. Like if you take a Jed fish, you take some of these guys, I'm not saying that Michigan state would go into the shoe at night and beat number one, Ohio state, Mm -hmm. but it's a completely different trajectory. And I don't, I'm not sure they look too far apart if that were the case. And I'm not even talking about swapping out any other pieces on this team. I'm simply talking about you swap out the offensive brain trust and you go to that game, I don't know. I mean, people can snip this up if they lose by 38 and they're going to say, oh, swapping in Lance Lightbolt for Jay Johnson is not going to change anything. What a stupid take this was. But I'm just talking about how they looked against Rutgers, how they looked against Maryland. And I know they had their fake blowout in the second half in that Maryland game. But this Ohio State team is not Ohio State. I don't care what number is in front of them. I think Michigan beats them. And I think Penn State would have beaten them if they had a different OC as well. I, it makes me sick to my stomach to do this and like come to the rescue of Ohio State, but like I, I get it. Like yes. the, the offense, Kyle McCord, like yeah, for a college quarterback, like in the grand scheme of things, he's having a fine season. But a lot of the story has been like, oh my god, this is a massive drop off from CJ Stroud, and it is. How can an offense not be living up to the billing of what they should be with this many strong receivers on the team? But JT, here here are a few numbers right here. I'm just going to yeah. rattle off uh, seven, ten, fourteen. 17, 7, 12, 10, 16. That's a lot of numbers. That's how much the Ohio State, that was a lot of numbers, a lot of low numbers, not one higher than 20. That's how much opponents are scoring against Ohio State. For as bad as the offense, I shouldn't even say that, has, this is the word I'll use, underwhelming or not up to expectations as the Ohio State offense has been for many college football fans. Wow, we are just not even realizing like how great Ohio State's defense has been yes. this year. Like they Absolutely. they are a wagon on that side of the ball. I think they're number two nationally in points per game. And sure, like I didn't just go off and name an Oregon or a Washington. Like they haven't had like the strongest of opponents, right. so to speak. But man, like not a single total over seventeen points. Like that's right. There's something to be said about that. So like that. Right. That's that's why I'm going into this game thinking, okay, I, I don't know if I can dream of a path to victory right. just because. Wow, how yeah. strong that Ohio I State don't, team is. Yeah, I don't think there's any path to victory with the current offensive brain trust. Um, sure. My point. So my point was more so that. That is the number one biggest obstacle and hindrance here. Whereas mm-hmm. last year it was, oh, they have CJ Stroud, like literally just mail it that in. Or they have Justin Fields, like you have no shot, um, or various other things. And this year that Jim Knowles defense is playing exactly how they hoped they that that they would right. when they hired him. But like yep. this year, the bigger hindrance is what Michigan State has themselves, or I guess the lack of with the offensive brain trust. And that's right. different than what the issue had been all these past few years when Michigan State hasn't been Ohio State. And yeah, their defense is absolutely elite. I would almost say that they're the only defense that I think that if somehow Washington went ahead and played in the playoff, that they would actually make Michael Penix look like he's out there seeing ghosts. Okay. However, Matt, to, to have that defense and score seven points against Rutgers – it just it rings alarm bells in my head, and I don't know, man. They're fraud. They're fraudulent on offense as as bad as it can get. 
if they go ahead and they somehow make this playoff and they somehow win a title, it'll, it'll, I would be absolutely astounded. And to say that <laughs> about the team that's ranked stomach. number one, yeah, if, if the, to say that about a team that's ranked number one right now is preposterous. It is, but, right, but I, get I just, it. Man, I get it. I'm not, I'm not sold on that offense at all. Really quick. Before we go, enjoy the rest of our days as we throttle ourselves into the weekend here. Like, what is one thing that you are going to be watching? Because, look, I'm not just going to be watching this game with a frown the entire time. Like, at this point in the season, with how everything's going, we, we are looking to take bits and yeah. parts out of it. And mine, mine is very easy. I can just spit it out right now if you want. Uh, Jalen Thompson has really impressed, like, mm. in the last two games here. For a true freshman playing on the defensive line in Big Ten play, I, I, wow, like, I'm really thrilled with how well he played against Nebraska. Now, of course, Ohio State's offensive line going to be a different animal. How good can he do against an offensive line that talented, though? And like, because if, if he looks like somewhat as good as he did last week against Nebraska, who JT? Like, look, I know we can't keep every mm-hmm. single player this offseason, but that one, yeah, that's one that you want to make sure that you keep here. So, yeah, Jalen yeah. Thompson is going to be the guy I, I circled this upcoming game. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I almost want to see guys that are kind of struggle, but I want to see how much they struggle. I want to see Chance Rucker against Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, that's great. I want to see if he gets beat for, I don't know, 186 yards or 121 mm-hmm. yards because top 25 mocked player in the 2024 NFL draft, Kalen yep. King at Penn State, could not even come close to covering him. And if Chance Rucker does a little better than Kalen King, who I think is a is a great corner, then I think Michigan State has something here for the long term. Because right now Chance Rucker has looked pretty good, but I don't think yeah. he's gone up against anyone that is really striking fear into opponents. Like even that, even that really like really good Michigan offense that I don't think anyone can poke holes in. Um, they don't have a guy like even a Donovan Peoples Jones, like. A Roman Wilson yeah. is is great, but I don't think he was matched up against Chance Rucker. More of a slot option that that wasn't really matched up with him. But this is the first real test, I think, for Chance Rucker so far, and he's looked good so far. I want to see if he looks bad or if he looks horrible. Because if he looks bad, I think I think Michigan State has a draft has a draft potential guy in two or yeah. three years. It sounds crazy, but I think you're right. And I, I started like I caught myself slipping here, like going into that Penn State Ohio State game because I was like, yeah, no, I got a hot take. I think Keon Cole is wide receiver number one. Marvin Harrison, yeah, he's good, but like I don't think he's everything he's cracked up to be. And then oh my god, he absolutely just tuned up the Nittany lines when it was winning time. It's like oh, okay, <laughs> that's right. That that guy could be an All Pro receiver right now if he was playing in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> like I, oops, I got a little ahead of my skis there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so if he just has like a bad game, my God, that that would be enlightening to see on Saturday. Yeah. In all seriousness, yeah. The other thing that I want to see is to finally maybe open up the offense while Kayton Hauser is in there. I think um I don't know if Sam Levitt's gonna play. I mean I, I honestly haven't dug around. Um maybe that's okay. exactly what I'll do after we stop recording. I don't know if he's gonna preserve the retro if he's gonna play. But we saw on that second to last drive when Levitt played against Minnesota how they so basically in the first I want to say three quarters of that when Kayton Hauser was playing there was a one quarterback designed run. And Levitt is definitely more shifty vertical or sorry, uh, laterally than Kayton Hauser is. He's going to make more guys miss, but in, from a straight line speed perspective, um, Kayton Hauser has speed. People can go back and look at the high school highlights. Obviously it doesn't, and not everything translates, but 
the guy is athletic. He is not a statue, and that is exactly how the offense perceives him to be. Um, They act like he cannot run a read option on third and two. Instead, it has to be just a run up the middle. Like There needs to be more free-flowing, creative offense that you see for Sam Levitt when Kayton Hauser's in there. And that also goes not just to quarterback design runs, but it also goes to vertical downfield throws. Now, my suspicion is that with Levitt, he has nothing to lose when he plays. So he'll throw downfield as a third route, as a third option, whereas it's not even necessarily designed to be more of an open offense in terms of through the air, where I think it is designed through the ground for Levitt. I don't think it's designed to be a vertical attack from through the air. He just doesn't care. And he says, if I throw an interception, what I can't be QB4. So the kid just has a mentality (laughs) that he's going to let it rip. Whereas Hauser doesn't have that mentality of, you know what? I'm just going to throw to my third read because that's the deepest throw and we need points. He plays within structure too much. And I think it's if he's going to keep playing within structure like that, like he's coached to do, it's on the coaching staff to change what the structure is. And they've got to let it rip. Because it's kind of what Penn State's doing with Drew Aller. You have a kid that can throw the ball 50 yards that you're asking him right. to be a game manager like like second-year Jimmy Garoppolo with, with Kyle Shanahan's yeah. offense. Like yeah. You're not using your players to their strengths. If you throw some interceptions, who cares? Right now, they're babying him to the point where they don't want him to throw any interceptions. And that's going to lead to more interceptions because these routes they're running in this game manager offense don't have any separation. Caton's yeah. literally getting the ball looking up on third and three, everyone has ran three yard curl routes and the corners are sitting right on them. And he either has to throw it away and then they have to bring the punt unit out or he's throwing it and it's getting batted away. And people are saying, why are you throwing it into tight coverage? And it's just not working. They're, they're babying him and there's no separation as a result of the routes they're running. And it's just, it's not helping anybody. It's not letting him play free. It's not helping the offense score points. It's not helping him develop. I'm just I, I'm not a fan of anything that's going on in offense right now from a schematic standpoint. Until Saturday night, Spartans 31, Buckeyes 28. <laughs> we do crime on Saturday and Sunday, Justin. It's gonna it's gonna be a movie this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't can't uh, hate can't hate the vision. But as you no. said about Jim Knowles, gotta gotta tip the hat to him. So I'll go with 13 time Michigan State. Okay. Put it on, on the forums. <laughs> ah, do it. What the heck? It's just more exposure for us, you know? Got bills to pay, don't we? So <laughs> whatever. Spartans 52, Buckeyes yeah. 10. Let's go. All right. Running up the flagpole. <laughs> See what you gotta say about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lock it in, in Vegas, moment. Matt. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right, yeah. fine. Almost okay. money line. Almost money line. That's what I leave you all with today. Bang. Look at that. Excellent. I haven't yeah. even looked at the rest of the college football slate this weekend, man. I, I I've been I've been a bad gambler this week. I'm gonna have to do it on a Friday. Got a couple Ugh. parlays locked in. Let's see. Let's see if I'm willing to I share just, any of these or if I'm a not true looking. red-blooded American. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. There we I go. I got a I got a 25 to win 230 parlay here as Arizona to cover minus 10 against Colorado, Kansas to cover minus three against Texas Tech at home, Ole Miss plus 10 against Georgia at Georgia like between that. the hedges like at 7 p.m. Like and LSU to cover minus nine against Florida. Those are all spread alternates. I always buy points. That's worked for me so far, but I guess I'll look at my Excel document at the end of the year to see if that strategy truly does work or if that's just pre- nah. preconceived notions. Just go um, on vibes. Who, who needs an Excel spreadsheet? Just vibes will get you to where you need to be, man. Mm, this was actually my main play. 
Alabama minus 10 against Kentucky, and then Duke to cover plus 17 against UNC and the under of 52 on that. Those are all alternates as well. So those are the picks to go broke. Um, do not send me the invoice after you lose your house, but <laughs> had them pulled up. So I figure I share them anyway. Bad vetting advice, whatever. Take it or not. What better, what better way to ride into the weekend <laughs> than that, gang? There we go. Hey, yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice. With that, I think we that is that wraps up this this week's episode of the SD4L show. If you haven't, catch our other episode that we posted as yeah. well, talking about the sign gate scandal and the uh, Michigan State basketball check in. And also, as I forgot to say in that episode, and as I forgot to say in this episode until just now, please make sure you like, you comment, you subscribe. Definitely helps the algorithm. You guys do a great job of liking. Um, Might as well stop by and comment as well while you're there. The subscribers can't give you guys too much praise there because we have thousands and thousands of views per episode, but we only have hundreds and hundreds of subscribers. So the math is not mathing there. So please go ahead and, and fix that. And uh, with that, any final words, Matt? Oh, just go green. I, I'm going to be yeah, just boring words, but inspiring yeah. words. Go green. <laughs> Let's go. We'll be back. Yeah. We'll, we'll be, be back. back in the aftermath of the upset in Columbus. Um, I'm just giving people way too much stuff to clip. I got to end Oh, this. yeah, but at this point, <laughs> we've left so much out there that we can't go back now. So, yeah, Ryan Day, he's going to get fired in the end zone, just like Herm Edwards was uh, at the end of his Arizona State tenure. That's, That's going to happen one day eventually. Guy has Probably. put too much effort into the investigation, not enough effort into actually coaching. Yeah, it, might, it might be in three weeks here in Ann Arbor, actually. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But with that, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the SD4L show, and we will catch you guys next time. Appreciate it.